Good morning. It is so good to be here to worship together, whether we are here in person or whether we are watching from our homes. Truly a blessing to be able to come together as we celebrate the goodness of God. It has long been a tradition in the Heart of White community where we begin our Advent service with the lighting of the Advent candle. During this season, we wait with eager anticipation. We are inspired by hope, yes we are, as we prepare our hearts for the coming of our Savior. This morning, we invite the Steen White family to share in the lighting of the Advent candle, if you want to look up at the screen. Go. As we enter this season of Advent calendar, the promised one, Jesus, who has come and is coming again, we light candles each week to remind us of the gifts we have been given in our Lord, the Savior, Jesus. On this first Sunday of Advent, we light the candle of hope, remembering the words of First Peter chapters 1, verses 3 through 5. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. Amen. Thank you, Steen Wikes. As we profess our faith, please stand if you are able as we sing together the song, Come Thou Long Expected Jesus. For those of us gathered in the sanctuary today, or whether you are in the sanctuary of your own home, as we enter this season of Advent, 
whether we are young or whether we are old, whether we come full of doubts or full of confidence, whether we're full of joy or whether we're full of sorrow. In this place, we are a family, truly a family, because of what Jesus did when he chose to come into our world that very first Christmas day. God greets you in the name of the Father, and in the name of the Son, and in the name of the Holy Spirit. And God's people said, Amen. Let us continue to hold to the promises of this Advent season as we declare our faith through the words from the Heidelberg Catechism, question and answer number 31. Why is he, the Son of God, called Christ, meaning anointed? Because he has been ordained by God the Father and has been anointed with the Holy Spirit to be our chief prophet and teacher who fully reveals to us the secret counsel and will of God concerning our deliverance, or our to be the only high priest who has delivered us by the one sacrifice of his body and who continually pleads our cause with the Father, and to be our eternal king who governs us by his word and spirit and who guards us and keeps us in the freshness he has won for us, and the freedom he has won for us. Amen. Let us continue our time of worship by joining our voices in a most treasured Advent hymn, Once in Royal David's City.
Amen. You may be seated. Let us join together in prayer this morning. We begin with the promises found in Isaiah 9. For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulder, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. Loving Jesus, in your name we mark the beginning of this Advent season. We pray for your light to defy the darkness. We pray for joy and song to break the grips of fear and sadness, and there is so much right now. We pray for a spirit of generosity to overcome the temptation of greed. And we pray for peace to penetrate the walls of war, whether a visible war or an invisible one. As we look to Bethlehem, may we truly take the time to reflect upon that in the humblest of circumstances, you as a most vulnerable child, seemingly helpless, came among us to say, there is a light in this world. It is I, the promised one. May we too act upon your promise by being your light to others. Let us be the bearers and the sharers of the indescribable gift that is your grace. Let us imitate your life in such a way that others will want to know you more. And may we too embrace what you have done because you so loved this world. And so, may you be born in us again today and every day and in every season of our lives into every age from the infant to the grandparent into every land and every human heart and we know dear Jesus as we come to you with our cares and our concerns and our celebrations knowing you hear every word you feel every pain you catch every tear that falls in such a troubled world, we find our peace and our comfort in knowing that we worship a Savior who truly understands everything that we go through. This morning, we especially pray for Deb Axe. Deb and Don have such strong ties, such a, such a strong history to the Heart of White community, and we grieve with her as she mourns the passing of Don this past week. Lord, be so close to her during this tender season. We pray for Jim and Sharon Vandevussi as well as they, um, as they mourn the loss of Margot, Sharon's sister. Um, they had just been settled into their new home after the fires in Oregon this summer. And, and Lord, so this came as a, as, a, as a big shock. So be close to that entire family during this time. We lift up the Veniles and the Browers from across our campus at Watershed and, and um, Fusion and the fact that they've lost loved ones to the COVID virus. Such a difficult time. Be especially close to them. We pray for Chuck and Mary Johnson as, as, they, uh, as their daughter and their son-in-law and their family are teachers in Ethiopia where there is increased civil uprising with war appearing imminent. Protect them, Lord. And they also ask for prayers for their grandson in California who also is dealing with the COVID virus. 
as we confidently release these prayers into your almighty hands, into your healing hands. We join together in the prayer that you taught us to pray by saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory. Amen. Amen. Well, good morning, Celebration community. Uh, those who are here this morning, those worshiping with us uh, via the internet. I'm Pastor Aaron, and it's a pleasure to be able to worship together with you again at the start of this wonderful Advent season, uh, to be able to be one of uh, a member of the team here uh, at, at Heart of Wyke. That includes Pastor Mary and, of course, Pastor Bill. Uh, this Advent season, we are embarking on a new series where we're talking about Jesus Christ. And Christ in particular uh, is not the last name of Jesus, uh, if you didn't know that. Uh, Christ, meaning as we heard this morning from the catechism, the anointed one, uh, that this series is focusing on Jesus alone, as the reformers once said, solus Christus, Christ alone. We are focused on Christ as the anointed and the appointed one. Martin Luther, as well as the other reformers, saw in the church back in the Reformation that it wasn't Jesus and for our life, our salvation, our hope. It was Christ alone who was that source of light, life. It was Christ alone who is that source of hope for us. It is Christ alone who is our salvation. And as we embark on this series, we're going to Spend some time in Hebrews 1, verses 1 to 4. Each week, we're going to come back to that text. Uh, I know so often Bill and I are diving into a chapters of Scripture, like last week, Daniel 10 through 12. Uh, chapters of Scripture at a time. We're going to spend time diving deep, uh, spending time just eating the, the four verses of Hebrews that seem to, though, encapsulate the whole message of Hebrews and in it, we see that the writer of Hebrews was facing this same kind of life that we're talking about today. Jesus and. We want to add more to our salvation. We want to add more to what it is that brings us life. We want to seemingly add more uh, to those things that bring hope to us. As Bill and I were talking this week, he, he called it Build-A-Bear Jesus. <laughs> we want to go in and add to and, and, you know, see how we can craft uh, what we think we need for life, salvation, and hope. And yet, what we're going to be reminded of this morning is that Jesus plus nothing equals everything. That the good news for us today the good news of Advent as we think of the one Christ who has come and is coming again, that Jesus plus nothing equals everything. So as we dive into God's word this morning, please join me in prayer. Our God and Heavenly Father, we again thank you for your life, for creating us and 
bringing us life, for saving us and restoring our life in Jesus, for preserving that life not only in and through Jesus, but by your Spirit each and every day, and for the promised hope of your renewal and restoration of that life. And now we ask, God, that as we look to your word this morning, that we would have eyes to see you, that you would give us ears to hear what you have to speak to us, and that, Lord, our hearts would be transformed by your wondrous grace and mercy in Jesus Christ, our only life, source of salvation and hope. And it is in his name that we pray, and all God's children said, Amen. Let's hear from Hebrews 1, starting in verse 1 this morning. In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things and through whom also he made the universe. The sun is the radiance of God's glory, the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. After he had provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. So he became as much superior to the angels as the name he has inherited is superior, superior to theirs. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. This morning, I want to focus our attention on Hebrews 1, verse 2. And as you'll see, I've got some highlights for us this morning, some things that I want to make sure they're not there as you're reading the Scriptures, but they're there today to help hopefully bring your attention to some of where I feel like God is leading us today. So let's hear again this verse 2. But in these last days, see, these are the days we're in today. In these last days, we don't know how long they'll last, but they are the days as we wait for Christ to come. In these days, Jesus has spoken to us by whom? Or Christ has spoken to us, sorry. God has spoken to us by his Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things and through whom he also made the universe. That Jesus Christ, the one we worship, is the Messiah. Christ, the anointed one, is the promised Son of God who is heir to all things. We hear back already, way back in the Psalms, in Psalm 2, as David writes, and we heard actually this summer, we spent a summer in the Psalms, but David writes in Psalm 2 not just about himself as a king, anointed of God, but would say and speak to another son, another Messiah who would come. Let's hear these words from Psalm 2, starting in verse 7. I will proclaim the Lord's decree. He said to me, you are my son. Today I have become your father. Ask me and I will make the nations your inheritance, the ends of the earth your possession. So already before Christ had even come, we hear of a promised son who would be appointed heir of all things. And when Christ, who was the son, would come into the world, he would understand that this was, he was the one who was being spoken of, that he is the one who later he would, Hebrews would refer to. In Matthew 11, verse 27, we hear Jesus 
say this. Jesus' very words own his role as the true and perfect son, as the one to whom all things belong. All things have been committed to me by my Father, Jesus says. All things, not some things, not one thing, not just a few things. All things have been committed to me by my Father. So no one knows the Son except the Father. And he goes on to say that no one knows the Father except the Son. And those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. We'll talk more about that part later on in our series. But our focus again today is that Jesus is the true and perfect son. Jesus is the one son who is heir to all things, who has been appointed by God to receive all things. So he's the only one to whom all things belong. So does that mean I get to have all things? No. Does that mean you get to have all things? No, there is only one who is appointed heir to all things, and it is Jesus. Well, why is that so? Yes, he is the son, but he is the son in and through whom all things were created. Let's go back to verse 2 of Hebrews 1 today. But in these last days, again, we hear these words, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things. And what do we hear next? And through whom also God, he made the universe. In verse 3, we'll hear that, what, that Jesus, by his word, sustains all things. So it is through this son who all things belong to that all things were created. So they belong to him because he created them. When you made that beautiful turkey dinner this week, right? When you fixed all the trimmings, <laughs> There's a sense of ownership, isn't there? Whether you were standing by the smoker outside, whether you were throwing it on a grill, I don't know how you do that. You got to go the long cook in the oven, sorry. That's how you get some moist, juicy white meat, all right? No, there's a sense of ownership, isn't there? When we create something, when we're called to manage something and, and, and lead it. Well, guess what? Jesus, the Son, whom all things were created through, who holds all things, right? Who all things belong to, he has that right, the heir to all things. Why? Because he created them. Because it wasn't just the Father creating, it was through the Son that God created the world, created us sustains us, holds us, gives us our very life and our being. We hear this in the Apostle Paul when he writes in uh, Colossians 1, starting in verse 16, for in him, right, in him all things were created. Things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and what? For him, right? All things belong to Jesus because he has created them and they have come into being in him and through him. But let's look at verse 17. He's before all things in what? In him, all things hold together. He is the true and perfect son who is appointed heir to all things because through whom? 
all things. It is through him that all things were created. It is in him that all things were created. It is in him that we and all of this world has its life, its being. So God, the appointed son, the one Christ, is heir to all things, and it is in him all that is created. But see, God isn't done there. Christ isn't done there. We hear in Hebrews 3 that he set down purification for sins. That means that not only has God created the world through his son and this world belongs to him, but when his world went awry, right, when sin came into the world, when Satan got his hand into our lives, when death entered in, when destruction has its way, when we make mistakes knowingly and unknowingly, God didn't leave his world just to go to the proverbial hell in a handbasket. He chose to save it through his heir, by the one who created it. We hear these words in 2 Corinthians this morning. 2 Corinthians 5, starting in verse 17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, what the new creation has come, the old is gone, the new is here. All this is from God who did what? Who reconciled, who restored, who is renewing, who reconciled us to himself through Christ. So this son who is appointed heir to all things and through whom all things are created, he sets down purification for sins. He reconciles his world back to himself. Only this one true and perfect son could do that for us. Only this one true appointed and anointed heir of God could make that happen. If it wasn't so, I could have done it, right? <laughs> Would have been Jesus and. In the book of Hebrews, Moses comes up in the Jesus and. As first Christians were hearing of the good news of, of Jesus, they were hearing of this appointed and anointed son who was heir to all things, who had created all things, sustains all things, who, who would hear of this one who would save them and restore them, they would quickly go from Jesus back to Jesus and. They would go back to Jesus and Moses in Hebrews. They would go back to, well, really it's Jesus and sacrifices. If, if we just made the right sacrifices, then what Jesus done will, will be good for us. Or like Paul, it would be Jesus and if we just went back to living a good moral life by the law, then really God would love us. It was Jesus and and yet, that isn't the truth for us today. It's Jesus Christ alone. So my question for us this morning is this. Why do we keep falling into this trap of Jesus and in our lives? Why do I keep tripping up in that? What do you tend personally to add to Jesus for life, salvation, as we think of Advent, this first Sunday of Advent, for hope. Is it Jesus and religious practice? I mean, we, we have plenty of religious practices that are wonderful things in the church. 
reading the scriptures, worshiping together, whether we're in person or online, singing praise to the Lord, reading scriptures, praying, all these things are wonderful things. But yet, if we think that they are the things that somehow buy us our salvation, sustain our lives, then somehow, in any way, that Jesus isn't really needed. Is it Jesus and a better education if I just know more? How about Jesus and my works. Well, Jesus saved me, but I sure got to make sure that I don't lose that salvation. Now, as we good reformers know, you can't lose what Christ has already grabbed onto you and grabbed a hold of for you. And yet somehow we go, Jesus, and I've just got to try harder. I've got to be better. I've got to do more. Then God will love me. Is it Jesus and a particular person? Jesus and a pastor, right? We look to our, cell, our, our staff. We look to our pastors to help us to lead the way to change the world. <laughs> Listen, if I could change the world, then Jesus wouldn't be needed. But I can tell you this much. I can't change the world, let alone oftentimes change myself. Is it Jesus and a politician? Jesus and a party or a president? Right? We live in a time where we are going through an election season and a transition. So often we look and we go, it's Jesus and. But the minute we add to the Build-A-Bear, we all of a sudden take away from the one true anointed and appointed one. What are you adding to? What am I adding to? Why? Because I know oftentimes I want to feel like I've got control. How many of you want to control your life? (laughs) I want to be in control. I want to control others around me. I want them to do what I want. I want to have a part in, in my salvation. I really struggle. I'll be honest with you. I struggle to understand this unmerited favor of God, grace, I'm 40, and to some of you, I'm, I'm, I'm a young guy. <laughs> some of you are like, good, you finally are getting there, son. <laughs> but I want to feel like I've got a part in this, in, in understanding the unmerited favor of God is just, it still blows my mind today. A love that is in spite of me. I just... I can't wrap my mind around that. And so I return to having to want to have power over that, have some part in it. And yet, what is the good news for us? That Jesus plus nothing is everything. That the one true and perfect Son who was appointed heir of all things, who sustains all things and has brought all things into being, who reconciles all things to God. That true and perfect son is the reason why you and I are able to be called sons and daughters of God. That nothing and no one could ever make that so other than the anointed and appointed heir of God. Who, as will, I just got it. I'm, I'm giving the end away. 
sorry. It's like watching a movie. You never want to hear the end first, and you never want to read the end of the book first. But when we get to Christmas, we're going to celebrate Jesus, who is, as we heard in Hebrews, the, is actually God himself. God doesn't need anything else to give his life, to restore that life to us. And he doesn't need our help in rescuing us and restoring us to himself. And in Advent season, we're reminded that it's Jesus who will return and will continue that work of reconciling, will continue his restoration work in bringing life and salvation and making hope a reality for us. The good news of the gospel. While we live in the tension of the Jesus and, right, we like to add to Jesus, the good news is that Jesus plus nothing equals everything. So what is our part? Here's another place I think you and I get to rest. Let's hear again from Paul in 2 Corinthians Let's continue beyond 18a. Let's add in B and verse 19 as well. All this is from God, Paul says, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Right? He gave us a ministry of reconciliation. What is that ministry of reconciliation? Verse 19 says this, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ not counting people's sins against them. He has committed to us the message of reconciliation. That as much as I want to have control, as much as I want to feel important in the process, as much as I want to have a part, God is inviting me to rest that in the fact that Jesus plus nothing equals everything. So actually, all I have to do, all we ever have to do is point to him. That the freedom we get to live in, the rest we get to have as we live and breathe and have our being because of the true and perfect son, because he is heir of all things, because he sustains and holds all things, because he has rescued, restores, and renews all things, is all we got to do is point to him. This morning, Pastor Mary's here, and we're going to get to call Nate who happens to be her son, (laughs) Pastor Nate, today. What a joy. Amen? I remember years ago meeting him and him only really being in high school. So some of you know him as a little wee one (laughs) running up and down the aisles. But do we ordain Nate and commission him to save kids? I hope not. Because he's not Jesus. Do we commission him to say, hey, hey, listen, we want you to fix our children. (laughs) And if he could, then we need to worship him as Christ. But see, no, we don't. We commission him this morning. We ordain him. We get to be a part of that. And all we're doing is saying, hey, Nate, can you be who we're all called to be? Someone who points to Jesus. Can you be, Nate, will you promise as a part of our body to be someone who leads the way 
in declaring this gospel that Jesus plus nothing equals everything, then when we understand this truth, our lives are radically transformed and changed. That when we understand and accept this truth, we are anointed, as the catechism will say in uh, question and answer 32, we're anointed by the Holy Spirit. We are Christians. We are sons and daughters of God because of the one true Son, the true and perfect Son of God. So brothers and sisters, we get to rest in this truth. And I want to invite you in this Advent season to rest with me in the good news. As we wait, as we anticipate the one who is to come, as we rest in the one who has come, as we face tumultuous times, as we face our loneliness and our isolation, as we face continued loss, as we face despair as we face our own mistakes and our sins, our struggles. Jesus' invitation for us is in Matthew 11, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. So may we rest in this truth. May we point to this truth. May we share this truth with others so that a hopeless world may find hope, that a lost and tired world may find rest for their souls so that we may rest in the Son who will not lose what is His. He's come to rescue it and will come again to bring it finally and fully to its restoration. Amen? Let's pray. Our God and Heavenly Father, we praise you and thank you again for that salvation we prayed of and we hear of again in and through your Son. Thank you, Jesus, as the Son, that as you are appointed heir of all things, that it's yours because everything belongs to you because it was in and through you that all things are created and held together. Thank you that... Because of you, because of the work of the Father, the continuing work of the Son, Lord, we have our life, our breath, our very being today. Thank you that because of you, Jesus, then we have also been restored to you, God. Despite how good or bad we have been today. Thank you that once that truth takes root in us, that Holy Spirit, you produce fruit in us. A fruit of a new life that we can see the new creation. Thank you, Jesus, that you are the source of that. And Father, that you long to bring that to us. So Lord, may we live in this truth. Forgive us where we have added to the gospel. Where we have added ourselves, where we have added others, where we have added other works, other things. Remind us again of the simplicity and yet the power of the one truth that Jesus, you didn't need anything and you don't need anything more than you to bring life, salvation, and hope. God, we praise you and honor you for the work that you do and may we proclaim you 
in our lives. Not only believe it for ourselves, but proclaim this truth, this good news to a lost and weary world desperately needing to know its Savior and Lord. We pray these things in the name of Jesus and all God's children said, Amen. Please stand and sing with us if you're able. Now receive this benediction as we go and proclaim God's truth, as we go and live by it, as we go hopefully to rest and receive God's hope. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord cause his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance, his smile upon you, and give you his peace. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and all God's children said, amen.